right, I need to tell you guys about our friends over at Dollar Shave Club. You've heard me talk about my problems with shaving, with feeling... Specifically, we're talking about the armpits, feeling irritated afterwards. But even when I shave my legs, I would like to get a close shave because what's the point of shaving otherwise? And I was sort of at my wit's end, and it's almost magical that now Dollar Shave Club has come into my life because I'm so smooth. You don't even know. That's why you need Dollar Shave Club because you're probably spending like 20 bucks for new razors by going to the store and you're wasting precious time. Precious time and precious money. With Dollar Shave Club, you get high quality razors delivered right to your door for just a couple bucks a month. They've made it so simple, and the razors are 100% guaranteed, sent on schedule. You never have to think about it ever again. Every month you get a new pack, and every week you change your blade, and it's so cheap compared to what you would pay if you just go to the store. And you get a really good razor. I want you guys to try it. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash Allison. And you get a free sample of Dr. Carver's Easy Shave Butter, which is awesome with your first shipment. I've been using it. I smell really good. I would invite you guys to come sniff me. Just stick your, however you're listening to this, stick your nose right up against it and sniff. Refreshing, no? That's me. It's me with the Dr. Carver's Easy Shave Butter. Also, this makes the perfect Father's Day gift. Dollar Shave Club is something your dad can actually use. Support the show. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash Allison. Or you can click on the Dollar Shave Club banner on allisonrosen.com. This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little chocolate-covered sunflower seeds. It's me, Allison. Before the show officially starts, I wanted to talk to you about a few things. And by the way, I'm going to completely undo the, the progress I just made because I'm trying very hard not to officially welcome you to the show twice in a row because that's something I always do. And I managed not to do it just now, but now by pointing it out, what's the point of it all? I don't know, but I think we have an iTunes comment of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. All right, this week's iTunes comment of the week comes from Eric Ching, and it's titled, Listening from Honolulu, Hawaii. Allison Gary, this is my first ever iTunes review, and I just had to do it because I love how you actually use these reviews to improve your show and continue with what is working. I just wanted to say that I love the new format of one guest per week and one show of you, Gary, and Chris discussing the week's happenings. The episodes that you guys are just talking allows me to listen and relax after a stressful workday. You guys help me to not take life so seriously and put things into perspective. I like that you guys are always trying to better yourselves and are honest with your insecurities and fears. I know Adam rips on Hawaii sometimes, but I wanted to let you know that your podcast and the entire Ace Network had a true fan here in Hawaii. Keep up the good good pod. Mahalo and aloha. Thank you so much. Do you? Th- I think it's interesting that he says had. Like, did we just lose our good one fan in Hawaii? Or our good fan? Because we had a good fan. You know? Yeah. No, I don't. I see what you're saying. But no, I think he's... Yeah, I think that's just the way he's saying it. But I just hope it's not conditional. Um, I'm just kidding. Thank you so much for your nice comment. Um, For people who are who are who, perhaps this is your first introduction to the show. In which case, you're thinking this is a weird show so far. It's not always this weird, but it usually is kind of weird. Um, We we have a show Monday and we have a show Thursday. And Monday is an interview with the guest, like the episode you are about to hear with Matt Walsh, who is awesome. And then Thursday. The format's been changing a little, but lately we've been going with it's me, Allison, obviously, and Gary, 
who's right here, and then Matt and Chris, who also work with us at Corolla Digital. And we talk about all sorts of things, often correct toilet paper protocol. And then recently we got into a very, very heated discussion about Skittles, which Gary is going to continue in the episode that will air Thursday because the iTunes comment in that one, there's some sharp, sharp words about Skittles that I need to let you guys know. I'm looking forward to that. I know. I held I stand, it. <laughs> I stand firmly behind my statements about Skittles and will defend them, not unlike the way Matt has defended his wiping protocol. Right. No, the, I, I believe the person who wrote in agrees with you about Skittles riddles, but says that we've all been eating them wrong. I, I would be interested to hear about yeah. that. I'm excited. You have to uh, although, wait. I, apparently, Eric only enjoys the you, me, and Chris portions. I know. I, think, I do think it's interesting that he did not mention Matt, the porcelain punisher. I'm wondering... Do you think he has Matt and Chris confused? No, I believe it's just an omission or he may – yeah, he could have Matt um, or Chris confused or he could be a few episodes behind and he could oh. be listening to the one that – you know, he could have been halfway through the one that was just Chris. And right, Matt, Matt right, because then the Matt end. crashed that episode. There you go. Crashed because I invited him. That's possible. So anyway, if you would like your iTunes comment to be an iTunes comment of the week, just leave us a comment on iTunes and click five stars because that's our favorite number. Okay. Here comes the episode with Matt Walsh. I really enjoyed talking to him uh, sort of near the end of the episode. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to say we enjoy playing games. And he brought two games, almost two and a half almost. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, and it seemed to come up in the room. It's, it didn't seem like he had these in his back I pocket. Don't, I don't think he does this on every podcast. No, it was <laughs> – and, and Matt's, Matt's excellent. He's really one of yeah. the nicest guys ever. He's he so nice. He's been. funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's really – he's hilarious. He's great. It, it was a great episode. It yes. is a great episode. You're going to like it. Exactly. That is true. Um, but I need to tell you guys a couple things first. Um Perhaps you're needing some bonus Allison Rosen is your new best friend. There's a bonus episode of the show that we recorded live at the L.A. Podcast Festival with guests Doug Benson and Greg Proops, and that is available in the comedy album section of the iTunes store for $1.99. Also, we have a special ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. That's the ringtone. It could also be a text tone. And you can get that on your iPhone. Just search Hey, Go Fuck Yourself in uh, iTunes, and then that'll pull that up. And also, I uh, wanted to say, you you guys have heard me mention Hulu Plus before. I recommend it. You can get a special two-week free trial if you just click on the Hulu Plus banner on my website, or if you go to huluplus.com forward slash Allison, and that will definitely help out the show. So perhaps you're thinking, I would like to help out the show. That would be a place because um, then they'll be like, oh, wow, look at all these people coming from that show. What a wonderful place for us to continue our sponsorship. Um, okay, what else do I need to tell you? That might be it. Thank you so much for listening, and, uh, and I love you guys. Here's the episode. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the wavy pencil dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm very excited to be sitting here with Matt Walsh. You know him currently from Veep, but you would recognize him 
from A Zillion Things, one of the founding members of Upright Citizens Brigade. Hello. Hi, Allison. I, I almost said theater. Upright Citizens Brigade theater, but it's really the brigade first, right? It's a, br- it's a brand. It's a global brand. <laughs> I prefer oh, right. a global brand okay. that will conquer the world. I, I thought your song sounded a little bit like Scooby-Doo. Thank you. Upbeat, kind of solve a mystery, kids getting in a van. It I has like that. It. Yes, I I like it because I feel like it, it does sound like a um, kids cartoon theme song. Yes. And that is courtesy of Trap Dog. He does the music for the show. Now, you have a hat sitting here, which, because you put it here because you didn't want to forget it. But Gary, what does that remind you of? The Topic Sombrero. Yes, we have a segment. It's sort of a, um, it's like. Wherever I lay my hat, it's my home, just so you know. Really? I kind of, yeah. I'm like okay. that guy. Good. Kind of like a pimp. That's why I live. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for inviting us into your home. Um, Thank I'm trying you. to figure out how to describe It's sort of like a, a, a vestigial segment because we don't do it anymore. You've evolved past it? Yeah, we have. It's no longer useful it's, it's for a, your survival and procreation? It's a prehensile segment <laughs> called Topics on Vera. We used to bring, honestly, the reason we stopped doing it is, oh, I'll let you know when to play it. The reason we stopped doing it is because bringing a sombrero in here was too much work for us because <laughs> there is one in the other room. It's just a pain. Cause What's you have the to, segment? Can I you ask? Have, you, yeah, you have to remove it off the bust of the Elvis. Yeah. Um, people would send in things they want us to talk about, and mm-hmm. then we would write them on pieces of paper, and we'd dump them into a hat, and then oh. we'd pick them out of the sombrero. So for a while, we did that with the paper and everything, and then we were like, they don't know whether we're really doing it with a hat. We'll just fake it. And now we just refer to it. But there is a song by the same guy who did my uh, my morning cartoon song. Would you like to hear it? I would. <laughs> it's the topic, topic sombrero. We asked for topics and you sent them in. It's the topic, topic sombrero. Now pick a topic and let's begin. It's the topic, sombrero. We should bring it back. A lot of people had it's a lot funny, of... funny, though. I actually have a topic in my hat. You do? Coincidentally. You do happens not. happens to be in there, yeah. I can't believe you carry around it's right here. <gasps> my God! What does it say? What's your take on all this Amanda Bynes Twitter stuff? Wow. How long have you been walking around with that? Because it feels I very topical. I think it's topical. left over from another uh, sh- podcast I did yesterday, okay. maybe. It's a very topical topic sombrero. It's very cutting edge. It really is. It's, a, it's such an au courant hat. <laughs> that hat Unless it was in the edge. thrift store where I bought it. <laughs> Some crazy person so, was I, ahead of it. I would love that if you could tell where the hat was purchased based on the type of topics that were in the hat. But to address the Amanda Bynes In the old Bynes days, people stuff. kept their topics inside the brim yeah, of their hat. Right. It's like, keep, like keeping your cards close to your vest. Yes. This is keeping your thoughts Keep it under your hat. Keep they it under say your hat. that. Yeah. yeah. Keep it tight. Yeah. Um, the Amanda Bynes. She. Uh, so she's nuts. Yes. That's I my, think maybe, my take yeah. on that. Although she wasn't institutionalized, they couldn't force her right. to stay in a hospital when she threw a bong out of a window. She's sure, sure acting like she's yeah. lost it. Yeah. And what's with that wig, girlfriend? I don't know her. Who is that? No, Amanda. B- <laughs> Amanda Bynes. <laughs> I thought was- she had a wig, girlfriend. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm calling her or you, girlfriend, and saying, what's going on? Did you see the wig she was wearing? No, Have I Have you not seen, seen the photos? Oh, Gary, he's putting up his finger as if to say, give me a second, I'll pull up. Yeah, she was wearing this crazy, humongous, like, charo. There it is. There we go. Oh, wow. I did yeah. see this. Yes, I have and seen this. And the wig kind of tipped forward. Yeah. And 
she um I guess she's had some plastic surgery because she was upset that Us magazine used old photos of her when she would prefer that they used her new cheek piercing wig. Yeah, face. she has cheek piercings too. She it. does. Yeah. They don't see I don't see them in that. No. I think she I think uh she was forced to take them out. Well, fake Amanda Bynes just started following me on Twitter. I don't know what that means. Oh. I don't know how to respond to fake Amanda, uh, Amanda Bynes. What kind of things does fake Amanda Bynes say? Do you know? Uh, congrats on something I posted, and uh, something was like, uh, what are you doing right now? Fake Amanda Bynes wanted so to know. So fake Amanda Bynes is a fan. I guess, but I didn't respond. Right. I, I don't know. Is it possibly... The real one? Trying to go deep cover? Yeah. I think it... Maybe. Yeah. I, didn't I know don't know. You have to wait to and see if it gets verified. Now... <laughs> Oh, I was okay. Did you watch Behind the Candelabra? I saw forty nine minutes of it with my wife. With it, was it the first forty nine minutes? Uh, oddly enough, I saw the end and then the first like thirty three. What did you think? And the reason the reason I'm asking is because we were talking about plastic surgery and Amanda Bynes, and that made me think of Behind the Candelabra. I didn't get the Rob Lowe, which I hear is amazing. Oh yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, I thought pretty good. I thought Michael Douglas was really good. And uh, Matt Damon was very good. A little campy at times? or Oh, yeah. A little bit, right? Right. A little, po- little do... posy, little peacocking or something. I don't know what it was. Could you do a Liberace movie without being campy, though? No. No. But it was like, I, so I hadn't found the rhythm yet. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I was definitely in, and I definitely liked what I saw. Yeah. How about Excellent. you? I liked it. Um, well, I watched it late the first time, so I fell asleep. But then when I saw the rest of it, I did really like it. It was one of, For me, it was one of those movies where it was two hours or maybe a tiny bit over two hours and it felt like longer and I don't mean that in a bad way I just mean I really went on a journey with the characters Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like I I was surprised at how seamless I felt like it was very seamless the way they took you from where they started to where it ultimately ended up and it was the kind of thing where you're like how did it how did it just slowly take me there yeah yeah I wasn't very articulate no, but I, I like the stuff where his mom was in the audience and she didn't know he was gay. or so, Somebody made a gay comment and she didn't know that he was gay or something. I, that, Maybe I slept through that part because that that's not beginning. ringing a bell. That was in the beginning. Okay. She was at a neighboring table and I think Damon was in there with uh, – what's his name? He played uh, – Scott the, Bakula? Scott Bakula. Yeah. Early on at that. Right. There was a moment where the mom's like, shh, don't say that stuff or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, well, he uh, he denied being gay the whole time. He was he would sue papers and things. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we were talking a bit about the your family business. Oh yeah. Which is tell uh, us tell us. It all. doesn't exist anymore. It was called Taft Contracting, and it existed in Chicago. And my dad owned it with a couple guys, and uh, they basically their job was to. Move like giant baking ovens that made 50,000 Twinkies a day or Oscar Mayer ovens and move them across the country or install new ones and heavy machinery installation and moving. Mm-hmm. And erecting. Erecting was in their title too. So it was Taft. Taft maintenance, installation, erection, and something else. That just seems like a chance <laughs> to, to make fail. jokes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Erection was in the uh, – subtitles of what right. they did and you did this for a year you said i did you? it for a year i was a salesman and I just cold called people there's like an industrial yellow pages back then this was many years ago and i just started at a and said i would call avon bakeries or something mm-hmm. do you guys need some machine removed no who is this sorry just hung up and then i hated it and fortunately i got my first comedy gig and i never had to do that again yeah yeah that sounds uh miserable li- it was fun because it was uh my brother's work there it was like a family business great lunches sandwiches sometimes my brother would take me to these like 
fashion shows. They weren't strip shows, but they were like in the seedy part of Chicago where like there'd be lingerie shows at lunch. It was like a world I'd never been to. What What is that world? It's like it's not a strip show, but it's like a good bohemian restaurant with like good sauerkraut and smorgasbordy mm-hmm. food. And then in the middle of it, a girl comes out and models uh, lingerie. It's that's, very odd. Yeah, that's but it's so like weird. What but it's it is not burlesque, is, right? No, and it, what it is is it's married men because all the sales. I was the youngest guy. I was single, and uh, that's their way of like sort of getting their libido out. I think, but so without doing something no nothing, as, no as, touching or anything. But right, just, yeah, it was strange. Almost like a Hefner moment or something. Mm-hmm. Here's your hot dog, and oh, <laughs> she's modeling some gray lace panties. If it's you want to mo- buy that for your wife. Oh, they sold them? It was like a, yeah. like a, long, like a Tupperware party but kind of, for but it was, lingerie? But it was really just to have women scantily clad while you're eating, yeah. walking around. And look at you now. You've come so far. <laughs> you're one of seven kids, right? I am. Number four? Yeah. You did some research. I did some research. One Wikipedia minute, probably? I mean, I feel like it was more than one. Okay. But okay. Yeah. Good. Is is your Wikipedia entry correct? Cause that's... I, don't, I have not been to it Okay. in a long time. Oh, well, we'll find out then when I ask you questions. Okay. What was that like, being one of seven kids? Uh, I think it was fun. I really liked it. Big families are great, and I guess fourth child is attention-seeking, classic psychology. So Really? I think so. If you're in the middle, you, you're sort of lost. You're not the oldest, you're not the youngest, right. so you have to do things to get attention. Were you attention-seeking from I the start? I think I must have been, yeah. I think I must have been, yeah. But it was great. I loved it. We grew up in Chicago, and... Uh, we weren't rich. We were poor or whatever. Eventually, we became middle class, moved to the suburbs uh, when it was all farmland, classic, like leave the city and then you'd go out and there's like barns and you'd break into people's barns and see old tractors and stuff. And we were like wild children a little bit. And Did then, you uh, tip cows or anything? No, there weren't cows left. The The suburbanization had started already, but there were still some fields and barns. And uh, yeah, it was fun. My brothers, you know, having older brothers is great because you can get liquor from them at a younger mm-hmm. age and you can uh i don't know saw some good fights between my oldest brothers in the house so like some wild stuff what's the age difference between them uh probably five years is the oldest and then i'm like five years younger or whatever there's three there's four boys in a row and then three girls in a row that's it's nice it's very compartmentalized it's yeah. organized yeah it is what an organized womb your mom has it is and the thing i always remember is like because people are like, how do you make that work? And, like, I remember Sunday nights we would make four kids, me and one brother or two sisters. We would sit down and we'd make, like, 120 sandwiches, wow. assembly line style, put them in the refrigerator. And then the next day the big boys would get three sandwiches, the girls would get one, the middle kids would get two. Mm-hmm. And you would make the week's sandwiches on Sunday night. Did you guys? Isn't that cra- It was very, like, machine. Like, my yeah. mom was very logical that way. And all of you agreed to work as a team in this way? Like, well, you there, had to. I think was there was, one asshole out of you? Yeah, I think probably the oldest brother, <laughs> Pat. He kind of broke, I'm not doing this shit or whatever, and went out <laughs> and partied with his friends. Right. And then probably the two oldest didn't do it after a while. And then the third, you know, I think as you got older, you kind of rebelled or mm-hmm. didn't get on board. But it, when you were younger, you did that stuff, like just crazy bulk living, bulk affection, bulk right. sandwiches. Yeah. Have you seen that show, Just the Ten of Us? No. Uh I know John and Kate plus eight, but I don't know the ten of us. No, this was a spinoff of Growing Pains. Oh, a fictional show. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I have not seen yeah, it. Yeah. I know. This was in the time before all shows were reality shows. <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with Duck Dynasty. Yeah. It was a spinoff of Growing Pains. It was Coach Lubbock and his ten kids. Oh, wow. And so they did, they did a lot of things in bulk. Wouldn't that be just the 11 of us? Wow, that's a, that's a flawed question. title. So it was a coach. I mean, and 10 he kids? was married, so maybe it was just 12? twelve of us. Just 
cheaper by the dozen. I don't now. I now I I don't. There probably was a time where I couldn't have named all kids, all the kids. But now I'm forgetting. Look it up, Gary. Maybe there were eight, eight kids. What if there were seven? Then it would be just like you guys. Well, you're just more the like nine the, of us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Duck Dynasty isn't a true reality though. They, yeah, they, there were eight they kids. script that stuff. Eight kids. Yeah. Thank you. So the ten of us. That makes sense. Yeah. So. Just like you, but plus one. <laughs> Must make this work. I've never seen That's Duck- a really good point we just made. You compared a fictional show, family, to my family. That was worth the effort. I know. <laughs> it's great, right? Really, in case anyone was confused by what was going on. That totally relates to my life, that, that show. The show that you've never seen? The show that I've never up. seen. Brady Bunch as well. They had one less than us. I know. Yeah. So you're, you're sandwiched right in between. <laughs> Brady Bunch and just the ten of us. Now you majored in psychology, is that right? I did. I sure did. Is that? Did you think you were going to go in that direction? I did. I jumped into a job right out of college, uh, adolescent psychology, and I took some post grad courses and exposure to really disturbed kids from anorexia to bulimia to uh, pre schizophrenia. Wow. What is what is pre schizophrenia? They don't want to classify you yet, but you should have had say at least one major. Uh, hallucination or psychotic breakdown by the time you're like 18 or 20 that's usually when they know you've had this disassociative moment in your Mm -hmm. life like okay so they don't want to label you schizophrenic at like 13 or 16 they just want to pre-schizophrenic so and suicide kids and everything gangbangers we had like a lot of kids who were court mandated so you can go to jail or you can go here so we had that too Wow. So you were you actually practicing? No, I we were based. I would call us camp counselors. Like we had relationships with the kids. We had like what are called specials, and you had like twenty minutes, you know, every other day to like sit down with them and talk about their life. Social working, not therapy. They had primary physicians, and a lot of them were on medication. So we were nurse slash camp counselor. I would I would say what we did. Mm-hmm. But you definitely was this were, at, exposed were you to working at a Northwestern center or? Northwestern oh. Hospital, a good hospital in Chicago, and it was mm-hmm. very. Uh, progressive because the kids weren't institutionalized. They got to, they had to go to school every day, so they walked out to another building at night. The kids who are good behavior or deemed safe, not flight risks, were able to go to like cafes or go karts at night or a bookstore or things like that. And uh, and then the other thing that distinguished it was like home cooking. There was like a cook who cooked home cooking uh, every night on the unit. So it was like that. And then they had story time, so it was very humane, and they they had a lot of good go- good goals. But mm-hmm. it was crazy. Yeah, it sounds Absolutely. like it. Yeah. Was it depressing? Yeah, it is because you're basically exposed to really shocking behavior and you somehow like wear it home a little bit. And it's also too much responsibility for a comedian ultimately. Were you already doing comedy? <laughs> I was at night. I was doing comedy at night and then staying out late and partying and then getting up at 7 to go to Northwestern and handle disturbed children. So it was, it was pretty interesting though. It was great. Mm-hmm. How long did you do that? I did it like two years, roughly. Took a break in the middle, went to Europe, and then went back. Oh, right. Decided. Austria. Austria was in college. Okay. And that, that's in your entry. It is. <laughs> Good memory. Yeah, I studied abroad for a year. I started as a semester and stayed there for a year. So American exchange program over there. It was great. Did you go to Northwestern undergrad? No, I went to Northern Illinois. Oh, okay. Much uh, less academically stringent entrance requirements mm-hmm. uh, at Northern. And so I, I went there for five years. And then uh, took a year off and went abroad. And then when I graduated two years out of college, I went back to Europe for like three or four months to figure – to have my like – what I really want to pursue. And it, did you figure it out while you yeah, were there? Yeah, I did. I came back and then saved all my money. In the meantime, I was like making plans. I started doing stand-up and I started 
forming another group because the previous group had broken up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And were you training with Dell Close at that point? Yeah, I started training with Dell right out of college in like 88, 89, and uh, studied with him and then started doing a place called the Annoyance Theater. And then uh, Upright Citizens Brigade started uh, early 90s, Besser and I and Ian and McKay and people like that, Horatio mm-hmm. Sands. And then did uh, Second City like in 94 and left for New York in 96. So what drew you to improv as opposed to just straight stand-up? Uh, improv for me was taking improv classes. As a, uh, is basically you're learning sketch comedy about how to create it on your feet spontaneously. And stand-up is much lonelier and more difficult profession. I tried stand-up and I was intermittently successful. It was It's fairly brutal. And so I liked the camaraderie of sketch performing. And then improv specifically was just really my entree into acting. I never took any real acting in college. I might have taken one class, but so it was my entree into like beginning acting. And I liked the acting element. I liked the writing on your feet element. And I just basically had that moment where I was allowed to do a scene in class and it was successful. And we kept a scene going for like three minutes. And it was slightly like that crack hit, like, oh, okay, I'm kind of hooked on this. Whatever this thing is, Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever I can to keep doing it. Did you have... um habits that you had to overcome in order to be good at improv yeah trying to be funny all the time <laughs> i think you like your instincts in comedy are to run on stage and start talking and saying crazy things and i can remember some of the first shows just like not dominating but driving the bus as they used to call it like tr- trying to be a big shot or something mm-hmm. or just trying to make everything happen and you, you just got to lay back and you gotta listen and uh and also committing is, is a lesson that you learn but it, I would say listening is probably the biggest like breakthrough to have mm-hmm. in improv. So when you went to Europe to to try to figure out what it is that you wanted to do, like what my were the bef- f- my before sunset or my before sunrise <laughs> moment? That's right, exactly. After what's out now? After midnight? There after is sun- one. After sunset? Before? Gary, sunrise? do you know? Gary will find out in a second. He loves Julie Delpy. I don't know if that's true or not, but okay. And Ethan Hawke. Yeah, he's nodding. Um, what were the things you were choosing between at that point? I think probably saying goodbye to psychology and I think full on trying perhaps like stand up. I think when I came back, I said, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do stand up. I'm just going to perform on my own and then also pursue sketch. So I think it was more like making a plan like I'm going to make some money when I go back, but I'm going to cut out in like eight months. You know, so it was like that was the plan. I kind of knew I could only do comedy, but I uh, I had a plan when I came back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I didn't have like a moment like, should I be a doctor? Should I be a psychologist? I think it was pretty clear after that first year and a half that I wasn't going to do psychology. Was that uh, hard to accept that that – like my thing, my experience usually is I'll have something set in my head like this is what I want to do or here's where I want to go to college or here's the person I want to date or whatever. And then I'll – if I start doing it, I re- like if I am realizing that I'm not enjoying this, this isn't – this isn't working out. It isn't for me. There's sort of a little lag time between when I act on that because I'm just kind of in agony for a little while where I'm like, I just, it's, but I want, I want it. I want to make this work, but I don't like it. What am I going to do? Like, is that how it was with you and, and psychology? Yeah, I think there was, I was, there was some inaction, if you will. Like, I think it was apparent. Like, I was like, like you said, is that depressing? Like, I would come home depressed. I'm like, what is, why am I so depressed? Like, Jesus, I, I don't like my life right now. And then it was like, oh, because you're doing psychology and you don't like that. So I think I went through like, why am I depressed or why am I just not happy about things? 
to like, oh, I can do whatever I want. Oh, I can keep doing comedy. Mm-hmm. So I think I had that moment of inaction or obliviousness to like, what is going on? I sure am not happy today. What is going on? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, that place you go to every day. That's not what you want to do. <laughs> Was your family supportive of, of, of you wanting to pursue comedy? I think so. I think my mom – uh, less so in, in, a, in a good way, like, you got to make money and, like, what is improv and how does that lead to anything? And, and then she would come into these houses I lived in with, like, three other dudes and she's like, oh, my God, you can't live like this. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. Or when I moved to New York, slightly older, they came in and we had the classic, like, two outlet prong with, like, eight cords running into it, like, oh, total yeah. fire hazard. <laughs> my father even is, Jesus, God, that is not good. He's like, you got to fix that right now. And, like, driving around, I lost my gas cap one year. In Chicago, so I just stuffed a rag in it. So I was like driving a Molotov cocktail for like a day. <laughs> Wait, back to the plug thing. That's a fire hazard. If you have like ten plugs going into like a simple two prong outlet, yeah, no. Well, it's just too much wattage. It can't like. I don't know the terminology, but that's a fire hazard. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. I lived in New York, and I think that I probably lived through many a fire hazard apartment because that's the problem with places in New York. They, There's like one outlet in and every room. It's just two. It's just the two prong yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 And back in the days when you actually had to have uh, a phone, a, a landline, usually there was one jack and it was nowhere that was nearby. So you yeah, had so you had phone cord running, running yeah. on the floor. Yeah, in the railroad apartment. You had it running yeah. from the kitchen all the way to the front room. That's exactly, exactly right. And there was this is before power strips. or Right. So it was like Lego blocks building out like a two-pronger then plugged into another two-pronger. Mm-hmm. So it was like this mass. Yeah. 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 That's New York. It was, it was an Where did you store. live in New York? I lived – actually, I lived – the first place I lived was pretty close to UCB. I was on 22nd between 7th and 8th. Oh, that was my old apartment. I was right there, 22nd and 7th. Oh, that's right. I feel like we did. We might have talked about this because there was an espresso yourself coffee place. Closed down and never opened. That's right. And they kept the sign up forever. Yes. And then there was that weird half-finished thing on top of that building. Mm-hmm. Like somebody was building a club up there or something. And Coors Hardware or something. Yeah. That Cove. Cove. Cove right. Hardware and the Sange Vert, the French joint right that's down right. the street. And I, and then you, you went on. McManus. That's right. And then you went over on to 8th and then it was Total just gay. all. That's right. I remember the first time I was walking around and I heard someone be like, hey, pretty baby. And I just turned and he was talking to a, a Yorkie who <laughs> 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 was, was not directed at me. But yeah. So I lived there and then I lived on um, 39th between 1st and 2nd. Don't know anything about that world. Murray Hill. But, What's that like? Um, I have no idea. You know what? I liked it because it was convenient to everything and it wasn't that expensive. So you could get a, a bigger apartment for the same amount of money. Um, but it was – I remember shortly after I moved there, there was an article in the New York Observer that said, Welcome to Murray Hill. And it's a place that a lot of people – a lot of people who work in finance right out of college moved there. So there were these big buildings that ha- – they felt like dorms, but a dorm filled with people that you probably wouldn't want to hang out with. Okay. So I, I know that area, yeah. Yeah. It's – um, I okay. really didn't mind it though because we had an apartment and it had central AC and there was an elevator and there was a trash chute and it wasn't charming but everything worked. Yeah. I liked that's that good. about it. Reliable. Then, yes. Then we moved to – um. Bleeker and Thompson, and that was an apartment that was full of character and also full of mice, and nothing ever worked, and we did there was no dishwasher and you know obviously Great neighborhood. no AC. Yes, yes, but the the actual apartment was kind of miserable. My sister still lives there, and then um, then I moved to Brooklyn, and I really liked that. I Where, lived in Carroll Gardens. Okay, I ended I was there 
I forget it was like third and set, like what they would probably call Park Slope adjacent or near the Gowanus. Uh-huh. That was my first apartment in New York, and my memory of that is like I woke up one night and I I literally thought I had pissed myself. It smelled so bad. Yeah, but it was this, it was that canal coming in the window. Right. And I'm like, if I'm going to live in New York, I got to go to Manhattan. <laughs> but See, now I... they've since fixed that. It doesn't smell like that anymore. But it was really bad. Was it polluted? I think it was just stagnant water that mm-hmm. was, like, festering with, like, right. minerals from years ago and, like, yeah. dead animals. Yeah. It was rough. Right. Yeah. It's, it, give it a few more years and – well, a few more <laughs> – hundreds of years, and it could be the tar pits maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It could evolve into that. Right. Sure. Sure. Who knows? So do you miss New York? When did you move out here? Nah, 2005 full-time. Uh, yeah. I live in the Valley. Uh, I do miss New York. I get back there, like, three times a year about um, – but I have a family now, so it's awesome to be in L.A. and, like, have a pool and a little room and a little privacy. And I can't imagine hiking a stroller up two flights of stairs and a walk up in New York. Did you know. the family all happen once you got family here? Family happened in L.A., yeah. I had no kids in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you meet your wife in New York? I did, but she was living in L.A. at the time. Oh. How crazy is that? That is convenient yeah. considering that's where you ultimately went. Yeah. I was living in L.A. too, and we both happened to be in the same city oh. at the same time. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. That's, Pretty cool. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? She came to a UCB show. So she's a fan. Not really. She was just getting into improv. And so she had on vacation. And I think she was with some friends and they blew her off. So she stumbled into the theater and liked it and came back the next night. And then uh, she saw a show and she'd forgotten her coat. So she says. (laughs) And I saw her looking for her coat after the show. And I'd noticed her. She's a very attractive woman. And we started chatting. And we had a nice uh, week-long like New York bonanza. It was awesome. Did everything. Did the marathon. Did the museums. Did, did the, the marathon. Like watched, like watched it. Watched it. That's one of my favorite New York events. Is like getting down and seeing like the finish line or just any course in Central Park. It's a great event. And Why? So, Why do you uh, enjoy this? Because you see all sorts of people from all over the world. Like people are really cheering for people. Like you can do it, man. Mm-hmm. You see like crazy firemen wearing like fifty pound weights on their back. You see like old fat people finishing the marathon. It's truly uh, an incredible physical challenge. And then to see the people who are completing it. And then, you know, you start cocktails at 10 in the morning. And <laughs> that helps. And you get yeah. bagels. And it's like cool. I think it was a, like a fall event. Yeah, it's like a fall event right after Halloween. Yeah. So it's like great weather, New York weather, coffee or something. Right. You know, it's really cool. Yeah, really cool. I like that event a lot. So you guys had your Whirlwind New York Week? We had our uh, Whirlwind New York Week. And then uh, we both were going back. And she lived in Venice. So we started dating when we got back. And uh, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. What was your relationship like? Relationship history like before her? Or were you a long term relationship person? Uh, I'd had a few. Yeah, I'm serial monogamous. I guess would be the generic term. I'd had a few girlfriends and such, and uh, so yeah. But I don't. I don't have a type. Like different looking gals and different interests. Mm-hmm. Um, are you pretty? Oh, let me explain this question. A lot of people that come in here and sit right where you're sitting, they don't put their hat there, though. They don't make it a home like you have. <laughs> like a pimp. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pimp but a lot of people who come in um, have all sorts of fucked up relationship history. Yes. I am one of them, too. So yeah. I relate. But I'm one. But you seem normal. No, I've had like – yeah, I would say close to normal. But no, I've had relationships where I was like, I should have got out a year ago. Like that yes. kind of – that's like a – I'm embarrassed to admit that, you know. Why? Because I think you should figure it out and act on it sooner, you know. It's but, so hard, though. But it's complicated. You don't Absolutely. Throw out, you don't want to hurt someone, and you don't want to throw out something that maybe you're wrong about. That's true. No, I, yeah. But there's still a part of You don't regret it, but it's like, oh, that, I mean, 
I guess everyone does that then. So I guess it's in the realm of average or whatever. But do you feel uh, – do you feel like you – or do you feel bad about it because you feel like you deprived yourself or you feel like you led someone on? I think I was just going off of the thing of like you see you have a lot of disturbed, fucked up relationship people come in the door here. So that was my only like tie into that. Like I guess I've had – you know, I'm – fairly like a, I'm a gentleman or a good guy relatively so mm-hmm. nothing too crazy but uh, those are those are the things that oh, come to right, mind. Oh right, right. I'm just saying with your feeling like you should have gotten out of those relationships sooner. Yeah. When you regret that you didn't, is it because you feel like you owed it to yourself to be true to what you felt or do you feel like you owed it to the other person to be honest with them sooner? Oh, that's a good question. That's a great question. Uh, I guess a little of both. I, I think primarily or selfishly is like for myself. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, uh, yeah, because it, it, like you said, if it's complicated, you don't want to hurt someone. And that's what keeps you in. Yeah. So it's both. Yeah. Yeah. Although I was just I was listening to a podcast recently, an advice you podcast. You guys don't sell Mangria here by any chance. No, what makes you say that? I don't know. I just started <laughs> thinking about something called Mangria, and I was yeah. just wondering what it is. Oh, wait. You it's, guys the do su- su- it's the subtle <laughs> signage. For people who don't know. So is Mangria the brand or is Corolla the brand? You know, they both are. They both it's, are. It's a vertical. Um, for people who are just listening and are wondering what we're talking about, we're sitting in the Adam Carolla studio, and the curtains that say the Adam Carolla show have been festooned with Mangria placards. Like Everywhere. it's like, it's like a deck of Mangria cards threw up on the wall, <laughs> but better than that. Yeah, but the, they looks really good on they, camera. But they do look good. Absolutely, they do look yeah. good. I think Mangria hosts this show. Yeah. Yeah, or sponsors. Not this show. Not this show. Okay. Yeah. Come to think of it, not this show. So <laughs> fuck that. But there are two colors because there's there's two colors of Mangria now. Oh, what flavors as well or just colors? Flavors as well. What's the green? That's white. Pl- <laughs> That's oh, the white, white? mangria. Okay. What's the wh- oh, just white wine that and red wine? That uh, is white peach and pear mangria is the okay. white one. And then orange is uh, orange. the red one. That's purple, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I'm, I'm reading signature orange sangria. Oh, signature orange. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. All right. Oh, then look. I didn't realize that one has a little bit more alcohol than the red has more alcohol than the white. Just a tiny bit more. Oh, that's a yeah. favorite. You a big drinker? Uh, I was in my day. Yeah. Absolutely. I think a lot of... Chicago comedy people are big drinkers just by environment. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of boozing. But your day is no longer? My day is no longer, yeah. I've, hung up, I've hung up my drinking cleats. <laughs> That's what you drank out of? <laughs> yeah, my uh, competitive drinking right. days are over. <laughs> did Did you gradually taper off or did you bottom out? No, I didn't bottom out. No, no. My wife actually had to quit drinking. She had a thing where she's like, oh, I had to quit. Mm-hmm. So I've, I, I know what that is. But no, I definitely like just maybe just lost the interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I find as you get older, it just – it's not this – first of all, your body can't handle it in the same way. Yeah, apparently we don't have the gene. Like some people <laughs> say you have this gene that you just can't put it down. Right. I don't think I have that gene. Right. I definitely abused it and like did stupid things on dr- – not drugs, booze. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But your wife does have the gene? She think? does have the gene. She would say she does have the gene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so did she quit while she was with you? She, we met after she was uh, clean. She got she had turned around. Yeah. 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 That's like I'm I, glad for that. So you never think we would have last. We wouldn't have lasted from what she tells me. I didn't. I never knew her in her darkest days. 
Right. Yeah. So you've never seen her drunk? No, never. My fiance, I have never been drunk with him. And he's the only guy that I can say that about in the whole world. <laughs> just oh, really? But you've ever Every met? other guy in the whole world I've been drunk around. No, I just mean I always would drink on dates with, with anyone. Like I couldn't even – the idea of being on a date with someone and not drinking was unthinkable to me. Like that's right. how much I felt like I needed something to, to feel comfortable. Well, there is some logic to it. I think it's a great call to have a couple drinks on a date. It does I, make – it makes everything go easier, so much Easier, yeah. Relieve social anxiety, have fun. Sure. Yeah. So Upright Citizens Brigade – How'd you meet your husband? Fiance. Fiance. He actually emailed me. He listened to me on the podcast. Fan of the show? Yes. Although I although like when I asked you, there's sort of this explanation for why it's not he's just a fan. Although I guess kind of is. Um he listened to me on the show and I don't know, you know, felt Felt like he felt a kinship with me, mm-hmm. and then he went to my website, and then he read a bunch of stuff I had written, and wrote to me commenting on something I I had written, and then um, there was just something about, I guess I get a lot of emails from people, but there was just something about his email that it just set him apart in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just the way he used language made me feel like, I don't know, interesting. Like, yeah, like it, uh, again to say kindred spirit. Did I maybe I said kinship before? I don't normally use kinship or kindred spirit um anyway and then we we uh emailed a little bit and he suggested meeting and then i uh i kind of wanted to but there i was like i can't just meet someone just to have off the internet i just can't mm-hmm. do that um but i never said that but then like very like almost i think probably like the same night he sent another email Maybe it wasn't. It was very quickly and like took that one back kind of and was like, you know, excuse me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he – and he had explained that he's in the industry as well. He's not just some, you know, creepy stalker. He didn't put it that way. But I think that was implied. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he he had just formed a publishing – so he's a graphic novelist and he had just formed a publishing company with some people and they were looking for someone to write a certain kind of book and would I be interested and so then that actually did – and it was a legitimate opportunity and it, it intrigued me. So then we were talking about that and then there came a time like late after we had, had been talking about this for a while to potentially meet to talk about that. But I always knew because I had it in my head when he had wanted to meet without this pretense. So I kind of knew that – You suspected he liked you. Yes. Yeah. But okay. this was a way that I could meet him without feeling that pressure. Cool. Yeah. So that's how that happened. Cool. Um, so Upright Citizens Brigade – the brand yeah, and the theater. How did yeah. you guys all meet? Uh, in Chicago, early 90s, uh, doing improv classes with a guy named Dell at a place called Improv Olympic and then starting to do shows at a place called The Roxy and then a, another place called, uh, I forget, Cafe, Cafe Voltaire, which was on Clark and Belmont in the basement. And then doing shows around town, a place called The Elbow Room, and then just floating around and... Uh, Kept going for, you know, five or six years with various cast members coming in and out. And then in 94, it basically was me, Ian, and Amy, and Matt. And then we moved to New York in 96. And how soon did you guys establish the theater? 98. What did you do for those two years? Did shows everywhere in New York. You ever go to Ludlow? Yes. Did you ever go to Eating It, that show? That was down on Ludlow by the Barricade. I remember hearing about it. I don't think I ever went to that. Yeah, by the good uh, 
falafel joint, and right by Katz's Deli. Okay. Really good. Uh, so we did shows there. We did shows at a place called Tribeca Lab, which doesn't exist. Ninth a- or 10th Avenue and like 42nd. There's a basement space there. We did shows there. And then eventually uh, a place called Solo Arts on 17th and mm-hmm. 6th. And then we got a theater shortly thereafter. What made you guys decide to, to get a theater and to do that? Because we, we did a free improv show. We, we came to – I feel like I've been telling the story a lot. I'm sorry. sorry. I've been doing a lot of press for Veep. So. Okay. But I – not that your show is just another show. I'm totally enjoying myself, so I apologize for framing it that way. No, it's okay. I get a little tired of talking about myself. Uh, cut to the fastest way to say this. We started teaching improv classes because we had this free improv show, and people had never seen long-form improv, which is what we learned in Chicago. So we had sort of transported this really cool style of improv, and all these youngsters basically had found the show because it was free. NYU kids and older kids who were not older but 20s who had been performing improv but had seen nothing like so it was a real moment that we were fortunate enough to grab uh, this thing that nobody had seen started teaching classes and by the end of the first year in New York we had like I don't know 100 students we taught and we had been directing shows for them and so we were programming a theater at that point by 98 we'd already been putting up four nights a show four four shows a night uh, three nights a week at this one theater. And it's like, well, why don't we just start our own theater? Mm-hmm. That way we won't have to move our props everywhere. That way we won't have to pay rent. You know, we'll just create a clubhouse. And that's basically how it happened. Are you still close with all of them? I am. I am. Yeah. I actually took sketch writing with Ian Roberts. When I In first, New York or yeah, L.A.? New York. What would you think? It was good. He's a good teacher, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Is. I agree. He's very, he's very mellow. He's very mellow and very logical. Like he is – well, he writes on that show Key and Peele. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he's a head writer with his partner, Jay Martell. And he's like one – I, you know, of course he's my friend, but I think he's one of the best, like, sketch minds. Like, he's just so good at, like, cleaning it up, making it logical, coming up with a million premises. He's he's so built for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, okay, now I'm going to ask you a question that you've probably not – you're not answering this one at all. And by that, I mean everyone's asking you this. But then we're going to move on to – Wait. Everyone's going to ask me this question? The, uh, no. I'm going to ask you a question that everyone's been oh, asking the you. Oh, preceding. And then, yeah. Okay. And then we're going to move on to just, just something utterly original, I'm sure. Yes. Um, how does it work on Veep? How much is it scripted? How much is it uh, improv? I think first year there was a lot of improv that probably made it in the final cuts because it was – we had five weeks of rehearsal over the course of – uh, th- three months, you know, um, every week we would read the scripts, put them down, uh, improvise, paraphrase the words. Uh, part of it was because all the writers were British, so they wanted to hear our voices and our phrasings, and so that was for uh, character development. And so the first season, everything was new, and there was a real learning curve for everyone. And then second season, I think, uh, because it, so the show somehow came became bigger, we've introduced, like, some bigger characters, like Kevin Dunn is the executive or the chief of staff for the president, and uh, Gary Cole had a great role, and Allison Janney comes in later. So we had a lot of, and Dave Pasquese, we had a lot of characters to assume into our stories. So the days got quicker and there was more to shoot somehow. But also we got better at like, oh, just say it this way, or pitching a joke right before we go on set. And then by the end of it, we were all just not learning our lines and just coming out and looking at the lines before we would film. Because the joke writers or the writers were always like coming up with different versions of things and funnier ways to say things so it was very fresh which is great for comedy i think mm-hmm. what's your favorite you do so many different things what's your favorite thing yeah. uh eating eating ice cream <laughs> does that count sure i mean what kind though uh, i'd go straight up vanilla really? so boring i uh, i am 
become a vanilla person as well. I would even throw a little like because if you go to these other places where they have toppings, I would throw yeah. some like Captain Crunch and maybe some real okay. blueberries on that. It's a real pinkberry move. Yeah, it's kind of blending the two. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to a place like that recently and they didn't have vanilla. Really? I love vanilla too. I was like pissed. a soft serving. Yeah. Like oh come on like a sixteen for, handles yeah exactly. never never have it or ran out no they didn't have it that day like, but it's that the wasn't base it's the that. base of yeah. it's a building block I was fucking pissed yeah get out of business f that place yeah I'm calling it I, I walked yeah. out without buying anything yeah I didn't know that you, you should have also... kicked over a machine before you left I wanted to like are we amateur hour here where are we yeah this yeah. is America man fuck that I didn't know that you were also a vanilla person Gary yeah absolutely fuck the chocolate people seriously yeah. I'm not a huge chocolate guy. No, I, I like I, it. Yeah, as a compliment right. to some, as a compliment to the, but the primary f- flavor being vanilla, great call. See, my thing is, hey, it's not my problem if your taste buds are shitty. <laughs> I think that's because people are like, oh, it just does it's so bland, it doesn't have any taste. Like you're not tasting it right. Yeah, you're an idiot. Yeah, but don't women like chocolate more than men as a standard but stereotype? Yeah, as a standard stereotype, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, in fact, I lived in a a house with two other women in Costa Mesa after college, and there was a magnet on a refrigerator, and every time I saw it, I I died inside a little bit, and it said, oh, fuck, I'm going to fuck it up. It said, it was like, have my cats, have my chocolate, what do I care? It was sassy. So I have my cats, so I have my chocolate. Maybe that wasn't the end of it. It was something... Sa- All I it need was is like, my cat and my chocolate. That was what it said. Yeah, I mean that was the message of it. Yeah. yeah. Was it a right. cat? Was it a Kathy cartoon by any it, chance? You would think it <laughs> it would be, but it was. That's how unself aware the magnet was. Yeah. It didn't. And well, it was a Roy, credo. If you're listening, I'm sorry. I love you. Um. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a chocoholic. Not even at that time of month. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I meant you do. I assume that you still do ASCAT type things, mm-hmm. and you so you perform in theaters, mm-hmm. and you do improv all over, mm-hmm. and you do television, and you do movies, and mm-hmm. of, of all of those things, do you have a certain thing that is your favorite? Uh, I guess I would say currently it, it would be what we do on Veep, in that we contribute comedically to what we get to say, and it's also a great script that you get to act. Like, it's not like we're creating it. Like, they create the stories and the writers are brilliant. But we also get to, like, augment it and contribute. And also to do multiple takes. And it's also... So I guess it's kind of like acting. Like, if I had my druthers, I'd be... I'd love... Anytime I can write and perform my own comedy, that's my favorite thing to do. That would probably be my favorite thing to do. So I'm fortunately on a show where we get to do that a lot. And and, and improv is exactly that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're writing and performing everything. So those are the things that I really love. But I also have interests like I direct. I've directed a improv movie, and I'm going to direct another small improv movie, and I really enjoy that too. Uh, so yeah. Well, I know it. It's in my head. What was the name of? It? But, but High I'm Road. forgetting. Okay. High Road. It's on like Netflix. Gotcha. So. And uh, yeah, so I like that. Being a dad is awesome too. You have three kids. We have three. Ages. Uh, six, four, and nineteen months. Did having kids change you uh in let me back up and ask this question people say that when you have kids then you stop caring about the small stuff and it totally changes your priorities and blah 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 did that happen for you um i think i was ready to have kids by the time we had kids i don't think it was like a blind side like oh shit i gotta be an adult no like i was ready to be an adult at the point where i started having children 
I wasn't like in my 20s. Um, but it's also, you know, <laughs> getting used to sleep def- deprivation and changing shit diapers all mm-hmm. the time. So there's like misery to it. But it's also, at the end of the day, the best thing in the world because it's like they're so funny. And to see like the corniest thing you can say about children is like you see that like, oh, ultimately like these kids come into the world and they're so positive and really happy about things. It's kind of the world that changes them. You know what I mean? So it refreshes like to see like kids screaming in a pool. Like adults never scream in a pool anymore. You just right, don't. It's like right. I'm going to dive in. That was fun. I'll take some laps and I got to go. Kids like can't believe they're in a pool or they can't believe they're at a beach or they can't believe they're on a roller coaster. It's like that's really awesome, like that kind of stuff. And then you can kind of play games with them like you can F with them a little bit, which I enjoy. Like I, <laughs> I like hyping up like really average restaurants. Like we, we had a gift certificate for like tw- – I don't know. It was probably for free fake cheese dip and maybe a taco at Chili's. So I was like for the three days before, I'm like, you guys, you know on Friday we're going to the best restaurant in the world. <laughs> Are we? Yeah, the best restaurant in the world. And then they got there and like, this is the best restaurant in the world. Yeah. And we're sitting at Chili's. Oh, like, that's so sweet. So I love that stuff too. I really enjoy that kind of stuff. Why is it that all adults keep a lid on all of on their enthusiasm, or just don't even have it at all? I mean, at a certain yeah. point, at a certain age, it becomes uncool to be super into anything. But I wonder why that is. I don't know, because you have to be in charge when you're an adult. You kind of have to, like, run things when you're an adult. And as a kid, you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. But you're right. There is a certain – yeah, they're just hilariously – they don't care. Like, they'll they'll be happy to shake their booty naked in the backyard <laughs> unless you tell them to put some clothes on and knock it off. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that you always wanted kids? Yeah, I think so. Or I just ass- – not assumed, but I uh, foresaw it in a, in a very normal way. Like, I would love to have a family because it's, uh, it's great. Holidays are awesome. You know, Christmas is no good unless you have kids, almost. Almost. I feel that way. Yeah, almost. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's really fun. And it's, uh, I don't know. There's also the thing of, is this boring to your viewers? No. Good. Well, you, we won't know until we get the emails. No, but I'm telling you right you know now, your, it's you know your I audience. know them. You they know your like audience. This. Okay, yeah. good. That's right. Uh, it's also the thing of, like, maturity that, like, you do everything. Like, I personally, as a performer as an artist or somebody who considered themselves an artist i did everything i wanted i indulged i went to europe a couple times i've like partied i've done drugs like there's nothing that interests me more now than like having a family like it's that feeling when you drive by a club i was never into clubs but if you drive by a velvet rope club in hollywood and there's actually people standing in line and it befuddles you like what the fuck are they waiting for? i know it just drives you crazy even standing outside of pink's hot dogs makes Mm -hmm. me crazy so it's kind of like there's nothing I want to wait for. There's nothing I really am missing at this point in my life. And you feel like that's because you got all of that out of your system? Yeah, I did everything. I moved to, you know, I've lived all over the world. I've, yeah, done everything I wanted to do. Yeah, I think so. Do you think that if people have kids young and do you think that, every, do you think that everyone needs to do that? Have do, kids? No, get, get that, whatever that is for them out of their system. I think it's probably a great idea yeah because i think you can't look for fulfillment in your children like you have to be there to serve them and hopefully see what their personalities are and let them try to help that dream mm-hmm. happen or whatever but also make sure they're not assholes like, <laughs> like the other people you know that are assholes. yeah so that there's that part of it too which is part of knocking the joy out a little bit but uh yeah 
I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you did. Okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking people who have kids young who haven't gotten whatever it is out of their system, haven't tried all the different things. I wonder if, if that creates a conflict because if they're trying to do that while they have kids or they resent their kid, the kids from for preventing them from exploring. Well, don't have kids whatever. in high school. Yeah. Don't fuck up your prom if anyone's listening and thinking about mm-hmm. missing prom to have a baby. That's not a good idea. And, uh, yeah, I think definitely having life experience will – and maybe it'll teach you that you don't want to have kids. Like the other thing is like, do you really know that you wanted to have kids when you're 20 or did it just happen and now you're being responsible? Right. You know, right. that's the other thing is like you, if you have time away from it where it's not even an option, you can figure out that's a big question. Do, do I want to have kids and all that? Yeah. Are you happy with your level of fame? And what, and, and let me back up. How much do you get recognized when you go out? Like are you able to go to move about freely? I think I get recognized a fair amount, but there's also moments where I'm like, are they looking at me because I'm a guy or because they, re-? you know what I mean? Like the <laughs> ambiguity of it was is sometimes the hardest because you're like, I just want to get a sandwich. And then someone's looking at me. I'm like, I, do they? I don't know. I, can I get a sandwich? Like, you know what I mean? It's the, yeah, you don't it's know. The unspoken because I, I have a certain amount of uh, ambiguous celebrity. Like people recognize me, but they don't necessarily know my name. So there's, there's that element. But at the end of the day, I'm very happy that I am a low-level celebrity in in a very you know competitive business. It's great. I wouldn't say you're low-level. Well, what I'm not Tom Cruise, am I? Right. That's high level. Okay. Highest level. If that's what you're measuring yourself against. Then yeah. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Who? What are what are the levels? Of, if you define <laughs> the levels of celebrity, I will choose one. Oh goodness. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see here. Star would be Tom Cruise. We can do it together. Star, like star. Yeah, Tom That's Cruise, top. Will Smith. They Gwyneth they, Paltrow. Yeah. Uh, Even I feel like Gwen Stefani probably. Gwen Stefani can't anybody, go out. Yeah, maybe anybody who hosts like Idol or The Voice. Those right. people are Seacrest. star celebrity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And okay, so what's the next level? The next level would be um, famous. Sure, and. Someone who's very, very recognizable. Yeah. Maybe like a TV star. Yeah. Like uh, maybe Tim Allen is now in, the, yeah. in that category. Okay. Uh, who else? I don't know. The guy who plays uh, J.K. Simmons, who's like the boss oh, in Spider-Man. Right. That guy's in everything. He's a great actor. Yeah. He's, he's also in He's in insurance commercials as well. Yes. He's the face of Farmer's Insurance. Right. See, I would put him a little, a little lower than Tim okay. Allen maybe. Okay. He is. Yeah, you're right. He's I not- would actually put Julia... Is it Louis Dreyfus? Yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus. I would put her in that category. Okay, right. So famous. She. Mu- I mean, you. She's not Will out. Smith. No, You're right. no, no. She's not a but movie star. but yeah. I bet that she is mobbed when she goes out. Yeah. Okay. Although some, I've heard people say that women are you know mobbed quote unquote less than men. Like people go up to women less. I don't know if that's true or not. Actually, the p- person who said that to me was Doug Benson. He is someone who cannot walk around without get having people come up. Oh to God! Him. Yeah. It's insane. So where is that guy? Right. I don't know. See, there's got to be – there's – because he's below Tim Allen, but it might be harder for him to try to go somewhere than Tim Allen. I don't know. I think also because people who know that guy, Doug, there's more of a personal like – Yes. He's talking to me feeling. Right. Right. And so those people might be more vocal or more – there might be less of them, but I think those guys are more likely to go – Dude, your show is so great. Well, yeah, I think with Doug Benson, you get the sense of, oh, he would appreciate if I went up to him. Yeah. But he, I remember him saying that 
I think it was he was saying that Sarah Silverman people he's sure people recognize her all the time, but they those people don't always go up to her. And he thought maybe it's because she's female. I don't know. So what's below famous? You got star famous. What's below that? Well known. Well known. I was going to go with well known. Right, so we yes. have three categories. That's right. Star famous, well known. All right, star. I'm going to give you some names. We're playing a game right now. You okay. Ready? Yeah. All right, star famous, well known. And I'll I have just... to I have to slot them. Yeah. Uh, Paul Abdul. Famous. Uh, Derek Jeter. I want to say famous, but I feel like I should say star. Okay. Maybe. Well known, uh, or not well known. Ron Paul. Well known. (laughs) (laughs) Famous. Famous. God, I'm that person who's like giving everything three stars out of five. Yeah. Donald Trump. Well known. (sighs) Famous. Famous. Don't you think? I don't know. I'm asking you. Uh... Wait, who did we define as well known? Did we have we defined anyone yet as the the, the We had of uh, Tim Allen was the the He's epitome famous. of well known. Oh, well known is below that, right? Is is Doug? Oh, Doug is well known. Doug is well known. So we have two three examples. Okay, uh, Gary Cole. Well known. Yeah, and uh, let's see, Kurt Warner. He's a quarterback. That's on a poster back there. Well known. Well Carrick known. Is well known. Yeah. At All this right. point. So I think. Is there anything below? Of course, there's many things yeah. below well known. What would be last category below well known? Recognizable. Recognizable. So I might be on the edge of recognizable and un- well known. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm on. I'm like a, a cusper in the astrological yeah. world of well known and recognizable. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> which allows me a lot of freedom, actually, which is great. Um, so you did the Adam Carolla show. We did a show at Irvine. Yeah. And it was you and it was David Allen Greer. David Greer. And I got so many tweets from people and actually people coming up to me after the show saying, why was David Allen Greer such an asshole to him? And I said, I don't know that he felt that he was. Yeah. So what was your feeling about that whole show? I, I think that's was- a stand-up show and I'm not a stand-up, quite frankly. You didn't say much either. I think like Adam and David said mostly yeah. everything, right? So I was fine with that. Like I... I don't think he was an asshole. I think he was just looking for comedy and making bold choices to get things going. Mm-hmm. So no, he was great, very nice. Yeah, that's what. Okay, because I remember that's what I said. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I think it was. I don't think he was legitimately being an asshole. No. I think he was joking in an assholeish way, but that's his thing. Yeah, I've never performed with him, so I had no idea. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, that's the way he is. Though. He comes he, in and takes he, over. He dominates the show. Yeah. When he's on it, and especially. I mean, he does that in this room, and if you put him in front of 200 people, his instinct is to go even bigger, I would imagine. Yeah. And That's what I figured was going on. It's like, yeah. those guys are stand-up, so it's like... Yeah, and I don't, I don't think Dag was being malicious. I, no. I had people tweet me that, too, but it's, I think it was just, that's his comedy, and yeah. if you're listening to it in a podcast and not sitting there watching it, it could come off that way, but it wasn't. No, I think he's making strong choices or, you know... Not controversial, but you say things just to get things going. Absolutely. Or you pretend a point of view to get mm-hmm. things going. So yes. I didn't feel anything bad about it either. And I was happy to sit back. Happy to. I kind of want to make star famous and well-known. I want to translate them into like ice cream flavors or animals or something that's not so straightforward. What could it be? What category right, should we I'll translate give you, them into? I'll give you an animal and you tell me star, well-known, oh. or famous. Oh, that's not what I meant, but I oh. like that idea. Oh, my God. I like that better. I was saying I just want like a 
like the terror threat level is color coded. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want it to be like instead of star, we refer to it as you know something. But I, pr- I like your way better. Could give me an animal. Uh, boa constrictor. Oh God. Well known. Sorry, Snake World. Dolphin. Famous. Star. Okay. Dolphin star. Okay. Come on. Come on. I'm Dolphin. Ru- I'm rusty. Panda? I know, we haven't played star. in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I didn't know we were going to play star. this. Panda star. Yeah. Elephant? Star. Famous. Famous. Oh, I think elephant yeah, famous, right? Yeah, because there needs to be an element of novelty, a la panda. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, Chihuahua. Well known. Well known. Uh, Would you, is that what you'd... Bichon Frise. That's a breed of dog. Yeah, well known. That's, that's a recognizable. Okay. Now you're getting to the point where it's like... I'm, I know you're kind of like a French royalty dog, but I can't tell you what breed you are. That yeah, would, that you're would right. go down. Okay. Or less familiar. Um, what's a famous animal? Giraffe. Well, cow, right? Yeah. Cow. Giraffe is what? Giraffe is <laughs> famous. Possibly. Giraffe is famous? Yeah. Duckling. Oh. Duckling. What's star duckling? to me. <laughs> duckling is star? I love ducklings. Do you? But I don't know how subjective is this. <laughs> We're going to have to look it up in the book. World, I think, yeah, you have to think like box office power Oh, for the duckling. Oh, a duckling could open a movie. Could open a movie? Yeah. Okay. All right. Star. I have one more game. I'm just thinking Okay. Uh, it's called Geek, Nerd, or Freak. This is not my game. This is Leo Allen taught me this game, so I'm giving him credit. I was on an airplane with Leo Allen. I was just thinking about this the other night. He's I was the on best. A, yeah. He's the best. Well, no, I was not with him. I just mean we were both on the same flight. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted about how Leo Allen is on my flight, which I feel like is the way that two people can communicate who don't know each other if you don't want to actually go up to that person. Mm-hmm. He never responded. He probably doesn't check Twitter. He's more of a writer on Twitter. I don't think he like okay. trolls for interaction. Like he's like a writer. He'll thank you. He'll write Making a joke. Feel better. Yeah. He'll write a joke and then he won't check it. Gotcha. All but, right. I can live with that. So geek, freak, and nerd. And like freak. I like this. Freak is really rare. Like super rare. Like a freak would be, uh, I don't know. It's like the rarest of people. Like I, I like almost think. Someone goes LARP. But no, that's. You could be a nerd and do LARP. Like a freak yeah. is just, you have to hold that one. You have to hold that label to like 5% of the world, let's okay. say. Or 5%. So There's treat it that way. Well, now are now are we defining geek and nerd a particular way, or is it however I want to define it? Because well, we'll I talk do have about an, it. Okay, we'll talk about okay. it. So that so just think I'm trying to think of a good example of a freak. It's not like necessarily dangerous or mean. Like Andy Kaufman would be a freak. Oh yeah, okay. he is the epitome of what a freak is. Okay, gotcha. so you, you can only build it out from examples. There is no yeah. real parameters or okay. description of behavior. So Andy Kaufman would be the cl- uh, quintessential freak, and then like a nerd. I don't know. You could think like Janine Garofalo maybe or like uh, who's another – I don't know. Mike White perhaps might okay. be a nerd. Okay. Okay. So those right. those guys would be slightly epitome. And then a geek would be – a quintessential geek would be the you know a John Heater, if you will, Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. That's the epitome Socially of awkward. geekdom. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can be a geek with nerd ten- tendencies. Right. Or you can be – a geek who wants to be a nerd. Then there's all that crossover. Yeah, like where are the hipsters? Which which one is the hippest? It sounds like nerd. Well, is. I think you deta- detach yourself from like hipsterism. Like okay. for example, knowing what I've told you, how would you classify yourself? 
And you too, Gary. You can play. Uh, from the loose definitions I've sort of created. I'm a, n- a nerd. You're a nerd. Who's a little yeah, I think geeky I'm, at times. I think I'm a nerd with geek tendencies. Nerd with geek tendencies. I'm yeah. a geek who wants to be a nerd. You don't seem like a geek based on our Or maybe definition. nerd tendencies. I'm a geek with nerd tendencies. I literally looked like Napoleon Dynamite in high school. I had like a soft afro and really <laughs> awkward, <laughs> oh, like maybe gangly, I was... and I wore pajamas and bowling shoes. I was a geek. I was like a... Did you want to be invisible or did you want to stand out? I don't know. Goofy. I wanted to not think about anything. Just wanted to do whatever I wanted. <laughs> you know, I might have been a, a, a geek. Like it sounds like nerds might fit in, but geeks don't. Is that what we're saying? No, nerds don't necessarily fit in. I think nerds uh, can be like bookish and not social. Okay. You know, I think a geek might might likely be more. Uh, See, I feel might, like more likely might have friends at a younger age than a geek. Like I think a geek could fit in easier than a nerd. A geek could. A geek. I think could. a nerd does better in school. Yeah, ultimately nerds win in the in the end game. Yeah, they're more academic, but in terms of social currency, uh-huh. I think if you had to say, geeks are probably more, slightly more popular than nerds are. Okay, well, this is I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Yeah, because because Napoleon Dynamite, who's an okay, who's but another he had quintessential? Friends. Yeah, okay. geek we can we can come up with them. You can pitch me one, and I'll tell you, I'll define it where this person would fit. Yeah, um, you too. Where would you put like Michael Sarah? He oh. is a. Uh, he is a nerd, probably, with maybe geek tendencies. Okay. About Paul Rudd. Without knowing him that well, I kind of know him. Wow, that's a good question. Uh, mm, he might be a nerd. Matt Besser. <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> he would be. Uh, wow, he's a nerd. With geek tendencies, strong geek tendencies. Tony Hale. Geek. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's my impression. Oh, you like, know? Yeah. I'm not yeah. arguing, I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anna Chlumsky. Nerd. Julia. <sighs> Nerd with geek tendencies. I can't think of the actor's name off the top of my head, but Jonah. Oh, Tim Simon's nerd. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think pr- not pure nerd. Some geek in there, but nerd, strong nerd tendencies. Amy Poehler. Wow. I'm going to go geek with nerd tendencies. Okay. She's similar to me. Do you know Fred Armisen? Yes, a little bit. Where would you put him? He's not a freak, but... (laughs) Closer. Because it's such a rare thing to be a freak. You have to, like, you can't throw it around willy-nilly, but he geek into freak, sort of, Mm -hmm. maybe. Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know him. I don't know him. He might be maybe a freak. I don't know, though. Well, okay, now what about someone like Adam Carolla? Can, can someone just I don't not know even... Adam. You guys know him. You but can... it does every, is everyone one of these? Or can yeah, be... if, if the world was carved up into three personality types, you're either a geek and you had to place people in these three genres of person, you know, uh, where would you put Adam? I He's... He might be a freak. <laughs> it's not. Freaks we're not are saying like Michael Jackson thing. is a freak. For example, it, it, Michael Jackson would be a freak. Andy Kaufman. If someone has freaks, not bad almost, though. Right. Like if yeah. someone has kind of a um, virtuoso talent in a certain area, wouldn't that make him a freak? 
possibly. You could be a nerd I with would... virtuoso talent. Like Bill Gates could be a virtuoso nerd, for example. Okay, He's so definitely be a nerd. Virtuosos on each and each of them. Yeah, you could be a virtuoso geek. Where do you put him? I I don't know. It's I, hard. He's he's definitely very geeky about the things he loves. Maybe he's yeah. Is he nerdy? Um, like about no. cars? I mean, yeah, but yeah. but not. I doubt it's like. I doubt it's like he, you can't rip those car books out of his hands. He does do research, but it's not in a nerd way. So he's more geek than nerd. I guess, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. Okay, can't wait till he hears this. <laughs> he, we, he, <laughs> he won't, won't listen. No, to, yeah. don't, don't you worry. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think who are more who are more freaks. Uh, I was going to say Little Richard for some reason. Oh, guy like Little or Liberace would be a freak. Okay, he Adam just freak. lost his slot in the freak category. Yeah, then. but I'm trying to think of a less uh, bizarre freak too. Right. I, but yeah. it is, but it is rare. Like it is kind of. Uh, I had a roommate who was a freak, but you wouldn't know him. So, but it was rare. There, it's kind of a rare diagnosis. Like that's an exceptionally odd personality. I mean, is it like a human peacock? Is it like? Is it that? Is it that outstanding no. from the outside, or is there an understated freak? Oh, freaks are obvious. I think okay. freak is like. Yeah, Adam's not a freak then. Freak is like an obvious like. What about uh, like David Cross? Is that I would guess nerd. Him? I would guess nerd. Okay. Without knowing, oh Reggie Watts, I, I know him pretty well. That's a good one. Reggie, you tell me. I don't know. I've worked with Reggie him. a couple times. He I would guess nerd, but geek too. He seems nerdy and geeky. Who's a? Fr- I'm trying to think of a freak in our world, or near uh, our world. Pitch me a freak, and I'll tell you if I agree. Like you think this person might be a freak, and again, this is not my game, but it's good. Right, it is good. This Who? is like a road trip. When we do the road show, we're going to play this in the van, all three of us. When we take the show. Yeah, on the road. yeah, yeah. yeah. This will just be between uh, Cracker Barrels. Right. All right. Where were we? Is he still a freak? No, I think we got to move him into geek now because <laughs> this guy's a freak. Could Maria Bamford be a freak? I don't know her. Uh, yeah, I only met her for a very short period of time. Maybe. I don't know her either, but I, I see where you're going with that. That's a maybe. Andrew Dice Clay? Well, then you got to separate the man from the persona. Right. Right. The man's not a freak. David Allen Greer. I thought about that. That's that may be the closest in our in our world. Your orbit freak, maybe. Maybe he may be the closest uh, as like a you know family member of the show. Yeah, that you know. Interesting. Like, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of other freaks. I just feel like there's. I feel right. like we're missing some kind of obvious freak. Um, Ray Oldhoffer, who? Oh Matt's yeah. Not know, but you know, Ray yeah. He might be. He might be like your roommate. I can describe my roommate. He was like a uh, good guy but super like weird and would get high and just write in his notebooks and a uh, good actor as well but had very particular routines about everything he did and uh, uh, had really dark comedy. Like when he did comedy, it got really dark sometimes, like crazy stuff. Hmm. And would we, have heard, we wouldn't have heard of this person? No, you wouldn't have heard of him. But, ben, uh, maybe Ben Hoffman? Well, he's just OCD. Yeah, no, I don't think he's – no. Right. Yeah, this – yeah. He's it, more nerdy. But Ray's – Kind of a freak. Describe Ray. Ray is a uh, high school buddy of Adam's who uh, used to 
throw he, his poo at people. Right. He he famously <laughs> he famously got a Good job qualifies. working for the Man Show, and he shit in Jimmy Kimmel's desk <laughs> for no reason. Okay. Um, he likes to get naked in front of large this is groups of people and jump yeah. off the oh, roof. He plays something free. called the breathing yeah. game where he yeah. tries to suffocate you. Uh, there, there was a no arm, no leg wrestler on Jimmy Kimmel Live who said that he couldn't be pinned, and Ray challenged him in the hallway. Tried to tried to pin him. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. A, These are qualifying as freak. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think Ray's, I think we got a winner. Okay. Yeah. Ding. Do you know guy Mike Bichetti? No. Oh, he's like a radio personality comic. He might be slightly freakish. Yeah. But this is a good one. Yeah. Buddy Ray. All right. Good. I think I think we should do just me or everyone. I'm in. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay. These are things that people have sent in on Twitter. And then we say whether we do them also. Mitch Serp says, when someone uses an adjective followed by a noun, I automatically create a portmanteau portmanteau, portmanteau, uh, of the words. Moldy cheese equals me's. Um, just me or everyone. I don't automatically do that. I do it often. And then I choose whether to say it out loud or not. Wow, I never knew what portmanteau was. That's a good one to remember, though. It is. It makes you sound smart. My kids tend to do stuff like that. Like they get into rhyming games where they'll say book, look, and they'll say book, katuk, and they'll say bluk or whatever. So, uh-huh. but I don't necessarily uh, do When I'm around my kids, I do it a little bit. Right. Okay. Not automatically. Sometimes. Not automatically, no. That seems like a compulsion, sort of. Yes. Like you hear, like, I have a friend who echoes, he almost echoes what you say at the end of your sentence. Like, it's almost like a unconscious, like, habit. You know T.J. Miller? I do know T.J. Miller. freak. I mean, maybe. Maybe. He, I don't know him that well, but maybe. Right. He, before, um, you know, he had a brain aneurysm, yeah. right? Yeah. And before he discovered it or before he had surgery, yeah, I think before he discovered it, when he thought that it was just working in New Zealand that was getting to him, he was kind of going nuts and people were noticing he was acting strange. And one of the things he was doing, I think, was was something along the lines of that, like kind of repeating stuff oh. back. Or maybe – actually, I think what it was is he would summarize the whole conversation either before or after okay. and then have the conversation or something. Okay, Robin O'Brien. If I am driving the cup holder, if I'm driving the cup holder in the front of the console is mine. Shotgun gets the cup holder in the back. Am I right? I like that you have a rule. I uh, I haven't divvied them up in that manner. But I don't want to brag, but I have a car that has two cup holders in the front. No, that's what she's saying. Oh, you mean are they oh, horizontal? Like- are oh, they, I see. Yeah. Oh, position-wise, so right. if it's like this, yeah. like, driver here, passenger here, right. this would be the drivers and this would be the passengers. Exactly. Oh. Wow, would that be my assumption if you're sharing a thing? Uh, I guess so. I guess I would agree with that. Okay. Do you? I, I sh- I'm okay with it, but I don't have strong feelings. <laughs> Sometimes I use both myself, and then if someone yeah. gets in, it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that. I mean, as the driver, whatever's easiest for you to reach, I think that the passenger should defer because you have less to do. Yeah. But I got to say, out of habit, if I'm solo in the car, I would tend to put it in the one that's back further, yeah. closer to my hand. Because if you put it here, you got to reach over something generally. Right. So instinctively, I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. You want the back. Yeah. 
I Lord, think personally, yeah. Right. Laura D. Kaiser. Whenever I make an obvious pop culture reference and the person doesn't get it, I want to shame them and cut them out of my life. <laughs> I like that. Um, but no, I don't always I would have say, that. Get over yourself. Because yeah. that person only needs to be told what you're talking about once. And then guess what? You're both the same smart. Wow. Snap. Yeah. I'm going to call it out. Oh, I'm not following that up. Yeah. <laughs> the Clevelander says, I can never remember if it's the circle or the line that means the power strip or appliance is on. Yes, I have that. That is not just you. I definitely agree because I can't even visualize the circle and the line. Right. What? One means on. Oh, yeah. No. So no, which one? I think the circle is on. I think so. So the okay. negative sign would be off. Kind yeah. Of? Right. Yeah. They should Confusing. just always have a light. Why not an plus and minus? Light. Yeah, I agree. That's like a battery. Plus and minus would be good. The circle is confusing. I, I kind of get the negative. The circle is showing yeah. a connected circuit. Oh. Is there an look. arrow in that circle? Like a, I don't think so. Snake eating its own tail kind of th- idea? Right. An Ouroboros. No. Tiny no. Ouroboros. Um, wow. Connected. I never thought about that. I, I never knew. I, I could be making that up. I'm sure. No, we'll but it was going to work. But that's what I've always assumed. That's a how circle I and a it. line. A slime. That's a portmanteau. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's also, I think, a spoonerism. Have you heard of spoonerism? I have. Explain a spoonerism or give me an example of one. I think it's where, like, let's say you mean to say moldy cheese and you say choldy mees. <laughs> it's where you flip the first consonant okay. sound of each. I think. I think. Okay. Um Hobo showdown. When prayers are being said around me, I repeat vulgarity in my head to try and balance out good and evil. No, I don't do that. I don't either. That's but that really funny. Like a fun game. That's no, funny as in, heck. In fact, growing up as someone who was not religious in what I felt was a very religious town, I think that during prayers, I probably appear more. Um, reverential than other people around me because I didn't want people to I, – I hid the fact that I had no religion because this town was so religious that I I was the person who was like bowing my head, closing my eyes, saying Fitting in, amen. Just, yeah, exactly. I don't deal with any of yeah. this. And then yeah. I realized there were kids who had their eyes open and who weren't uh, going along with the whole prayer. And, and they were actually religious, so they, they had the latitude to do that, I think. Hmm. That's funny. What do you guys do? Do you when prayers are being said, do you close your eyes? Oh boy. Um, what do you do? I I had the whole Catholic thing beat into me, so it's just force of habit. I just Yeah, I was I, I go along with all the I know I know what all the cues are and I just do it. Well, like if it's uh I'm pretty big, so I stick out if I don't follow <laughs> the rules. Yeah. Like if it, I think it's situation I was specific. Too, if it's like a ball game or like a Oh, yeah. Football game, and there's a guy who comes out at a microphone, and now I'd like to bless the athletes or something. I wouldn't do anything. I'd probably no. just – I wouldn't be – I wouldn't talk. I might be reverential that way, but I don't I think my, I'd close my eyes or bow my head. My instinct is to fit in because I don't want to disrupt anyone who's really into it. Right. Right, or draw attention to yourself. Right. Yeah. 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 I, but I guess if it was like – if someone was dying in a hospital room and some priest came in and said, okay, I'd like to give this guy last rites – I probably would find myself closing my eyes and like yeah. trying to get on board with whatever this magic is. Yeah. BDT Greg. Because <laughs> let's face it, you're not going to fix them with a prayer, right? So you're just hoping for magic at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I will cross my uh, fingers. I'm bringing a magician. I mean a priest. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to call you a magician, Father. 
Uh, go work your magic. This is really going to work. <laughs> There's something so sad to me about chapels and hospitals just because you know the people that are in there are not having a good time. You know yeah. there's just that's my biggest critique of church is, is it's rather boring, quite frankly. It's just very boring. Yeah. So I was slightly raised Catholic too, so I get it. B T D Greg, I hate answering password verification questions. I panic thinking I'll get them wrong. I have yeah, that. me too. I have that too because it's also the curse of like multiple usernames that I yeah. still have and multiple passwords, and then on different accounts i've probably had different security questions and yeah 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 when i do answer them wrong i think how can this be though i know the name of my whatever first teacher or my this like i know that there's no way i entered this particular one wrong so what the fuck and then it's like maybe my username is wrong i don't know Yeah. yeah i agree my bigger problem is when i yeah when i when i get it wrong how did that happen yeah what the hell could i have put instead Mm hmm because it's like that's a that's a moment of panic because you need to get into this thing and this is the way to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're tech savvy, Gary. How how do you manage all your passwords? Um do to be ha- honest with you, I just I just do my best to remember. You don't have them written down anywhere or I'm anything? I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. I'm so scared of it. There's a couple people here who have documents that they have, you know, security protected and mislabeled so that you wouldn't know that that's what it is that has all the passwords and frankly i would my life would be a lot easier if i did that's that. not a bad idea create it's like not. a or have a book with a cutout inside like they used to do <laughs> yeah. where you could put your money or your weed <laughs> and that's your password book right right yeah that's a good idea yeah i, I get stressed out because there's things i want to do on the internet and i just get shut down like if i want to use amazon i still don't remember my amazon password and then for some reason when i tell them to send the question to my email it's not registered that email anymore oh. it's like frustrating so i'm like you know what I hate forget that. you amazon yeah. i should just start over and create a new thing you should and the same with kickstarter i can't when people i occasionally support my friends kickstarters and i can't get in so i'd rather just see them and give them 20 bucks that is exceptionally frustrating when it sends the password to an email because like i have yeah. stuff that goes to my aol and i can't get into that anymore yeah. Because I, I haven't used it in so long. However, what is the deal with people in comedy oftentimes being the only people in the world who still use AOL accounts? I Have use you AOL. That? That's what I'm saying. Is that like a comedy thing? It seems to be because the only people I know who still have their AOL accounts are people in comedy. I've had my or same. people's moms. A lot of people in comedy also have Mac.com. Which oh, okay. yes. I know seems, a couple of friends who have. much more prominent in the comedy community than it ever was anywhere else in my life. But everybody has a Gmail. Like, I have a Gmail. Yeah. I don't use it, but I have, like, two Gmails that I occasionally need to use. Why don't you use it? Because I don't want to shift over from AOL because I have everything there I need. Like, I just do emails. You know, I was fine with AOL until I got pressured by friends who were – I don't. they were, like – you're the last person in the world who still uses AOL. Yeah. you got to switch over to G- – do you get that from people? Yeah, like when I'm in the room for rehearsals or something with the show and I turn on my – or I go to my email Does and it, it say says, you've, you've got <laughs> mail, I get jeers from people. Uh. Like there's a couple people on the show that still have AOL. And when I, when that comes up, I feel embarrassed. Like, oh, sorry, sorry, click, 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 turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have my same cell number too. I have my first cell number my first uh, a- email. Which I love because then it's like I don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's simple. Mike Cotty, just me or does everyone rip the tags off their T-shirts? Because I have two-inch holes in all my clothes. Can manufacturers please fix? 
I uh, sometimes I leave them on, sometimes I leave them off. It depends how itchy they are. I'm a big fan of ripping tags off, even yeah. though this tag has remained on my T-shirt. I do like even sweaters. I love ripping tags off of things. But do you do you cut it or do you rip it or do you like neatly? I try it? to rip it. I've gotten better at ripping it without creating a hole because I like to wear sweaters inside out sometimes too. If, if they have like a really bold label, yeah, and I don't feel like I have to be Izod guy. I'll right. turn it inside out. Right. Gary? I If I need to rip one, I'll rip it. But if I cut it, it just bugs the shit out of me because you can never get all of it. Yeah. Jagged, yeah. yeah. Ripping is almost as good if you're pretty good. If you're good, good at it, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, but I, you know, a lot of the t-shirts I buy now, just the labels are like printed on sure. the material. Well, it's a big selling point for Hanes and Michael Jordan. Yeah. They're very proud of the fact yes, that they, they don't are. have tags on their <laughs> yeah. t-shirts. That's a great reason to buy a t-shirt. That and the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> the weird, sleepy... Is it the mu- it, it no it's not no, it I'm is t- a mustache. I'm referring, I'm referring to the Hitler mustache that he had for a oh, while. Oh, that one. Yeah. But he also has a very light. Yeah, he had yeah. a weird one. You're right. Yeah. But he also has a doesn't have a strong mustache no. in general. Yeah. EA Cutler 27. When this is it, just you. When blowing on something like to cool down food, I blow on my hand first to test airflow direction. <laughs> what is she worrying? Is, is she worried that she might be sucking? Like, what is the what other direction could it go? I like that. I love it. It's just I've never done it. Never done it. Never done it. I, There's <laughs> so far, both of you have done it. Well, okay, we just did to, it now to experience to, yeah. it. Oh, I know. To experience the idea of like, I, I know what's going to happen. Something you're going to start doing. I'm going to start doing it now. No, I just I don't need to test it. Right. out. I, I understand what happens when I blow. How does, yeah. Who is this? What's person? different? Like, what instinct don't you have? <laughs> the it's like the not blowing. knowing how to pick up a empty bottle or something. Yeah, like, that's just instinct, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what direction might it go? Would you do it with birthday candles? Would you go? It's almost like testing something, right? Like testing the temperature, but that's not what she said. Or clearing the spit out of your mouth, maybe. I don't know. To test airflow direction. I don't think that's real. You think that's real? Unless she's cooling down her coffee in a wind tunnel, I'm really confused. Yeah. We're going to need more. We're going to need uh, some details, EA Cutler 27. Okay, Lindy Large, big fan of the podcast. You and I are roughly the same age. Are we grown up yet? If not, what age do we need to grow up by? Um, I like this one because I often feel like I, I don't feel like an adult entirely, and yet I know that I am. And I wonder, without, will that feeling ever set in? And I don't know. We are. If you're the same age as me, then we are actually grown up. Uh, and I don't know. When you have kids, do you feel like an adult? Yeah, there's a certain instant, uh, yeah. But I'm older than you, so I definitely should be a grown-up. Do you feel like one? I have moments where I'm a grown-up, definitely. More moments than I used to. But I'm still not a total grown-up. What, a- like, what age do you really feel like? Do I feel like? Yeah. I'd like to believe like 35. Like mentally, I think that way, but of course I'm not. Mm-hmm. 48. Yep. That's old. I won't ask you how old you are. <laughs> No, you. I actually just said it on the podcast last night. Uh, I just turned 38. 38? So you're not that much older than I am. Okay. 10 yeah. years older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should be grown up by now, though. I know. In some way. No, I am. Yeah. Like, if I were to play MASH, there's no mystery anymore. Do you know that game, MASH? Mm-mm. Oh, it's uh, Mansion, Apartment, Shack, House. It's a game that, that girls, young girls play, maybe boys, too. And it's like... You know, who do you want to marry? And you uh, say three guys that you want to marry, and then your friend who's writing it down puts one, like, one, you know, really bad choice. Uh, and then it's, you know, what job do you want to have? And then they'll write, like, plumber, like, that's the bad one or whatever. And then, you know, what? how many how many kids do you want? What kind of pets do you want? Snake would be the, the bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and where do you want to live? And then you say, okay, now tell me when to stop. And then you write line, number, you know, little hatch marks down. And mm-hmm. then they say stop. And then if it's six, then you go like one, two, and you count down one, two, three, four, five, six, cross out. One, two, three. You keep going until they're all crossed out. And then you're like, when you grow up, you're going to be <laughs> married to. <laughs> uh, it's like that foldy know. thing kind yes, of too. Yes, a, a, a cootie catcher. I think that's cootie what that's catcher? called. Okay, yeah. yeah. It is like that. We did that, yeah. 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 Well, Matt Walsh, this has been super fun. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. For doing my show, um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention or plug or say? Or- I'm going to be in Chicago on June 12th for a, a, I do a podcast called Bear Down, and it's a bunch of Chicago Bears fans who happen to live in L.A. And uh, we just do kind of do sports comedy, or we make fun of Chicago, <laughs> and then do impressions of people like Charles Barkley and stuff like that. Oh, can you say something like Charles Barkley? No, I can't. We have people on it. Oh, so okay. I'm sort of the host. Gotcha. I'm, the guy, I'm the guy who was like, I can't believe we have Tiger Woods on the phone. I can sell it better, but I'm not. But anyways, it's really funny. No, it sounds really funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. June it 12th, does. June 12th great. in Chicago, 1030 uh, Up Theater. Okay. And people can follow you on Twitter at Mr. Matt Walsh. Mr. Matt Walsh. Was there another Matt Walsh? or did you? No, feel- I just took – my first Twitter was – I was going to go Matthew Paul Walsh. But I didn't notice that I ran out of letters. So when I certified that – it was Matthew, Paul, and then W-A-L. <laughs> people, Paul could, people couldn't find me. <laughs> right. Because I ran out of letters. So then I had to start another one. Nice. Okay. And, um, and of course, watch you on Veep. Yeah, Veep has, uh, I think we have five more episodes. Season two, very funny. And, uh, yeah, please watch. Excellent. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. And if you're going to buy something on Amazon and you know your password, why not click through the banner on my website at Allison Rosen. No, not at. It just is. My, the banner is at AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it helps out the show. I buy all my stuff on Amazon. I you really should. Pass- I have yeah. to get it. Amazon Prime, I hear, is the bomb. It's the best. I don't. It is the do- best. I love it. You. It's almost. It almost arrives the same day. It doesn't, but it feels like it. It's so fast. It encourages consumerism, too, because I heard some people go overboard and just start buying things they don't yes. need. Oh, and they're launching same-day delivery in a lot of cities. So I love that. It's already in San Francisco. Yeah. Same-day del- Come on. Yeah, if you no. So you could say you couch. before, like, noon, it'll Couch, it'll be there that oh, night, and yep. it's free shipping? Yep. Holy balls. That's mm-hmm. phenomenal. It, right. It's an issue. I have to get on board with the Amazon. I yeah. do. Grandpa has to move up. Okay. I mean, you can you can get a new password. You could change yours. Yeah, I just have to decide. I don't think I can use the AOL account, though. Oh, no. So I'm going to have to use favorite. one of my Gmails, and I never check my Gmails. Yeah. Well, once you get that sorted out, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It I doesn't will. cost you anything extra. It helps the show. It helps the show. I just said that. You said that twice. I know. I just, just think it, for people who tuned in at an hour 26 <laughs> on a podcast, I wanted to reset. Um, all right. This has been really fun. Thank you. And I said that again, too. Thank That's you so okay. much. All right. Oh, yes. And we have a ringtone. It sounds like this. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And you can get that by searching, hey, go fuck yourself from your iPhone. You have to be on your iPhone and you search, hey, go fuck yourself in the iTunes store and you can get that. That is a segment on this show, which Gary told you. Yeah, mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to do that. Well, do you need to tell anyone to fuck themselves? Is there anyone do I? working your nerves? Uh, wow. Give me a second. Okay. If you have one, go ahead. I, I don't. Nothing comes to mind that I. I'm trying to think if I do. Have anybody who's really uh, annoying me. I, go I, fuck yourself. Twitter was actually pleasant today. I think. <laughs> I'm sure. Twitter with the Twitter kids were nice to you on yeah. the playground. Today they were. It's not always <laughs> like that. Oh oh oh! 
I know. Ugh, I don't think I can pull it up exactly, but there was a U- now YouTube. I feel like it's just that's just like shooting fish in a barrel because it's there's so many shitty comments on YouTube. But there was someone that said I was such a suck ass little Jew, not saying I'm not hot because my pale face does beg does say please drop a load on me. Oh God! But something stop agreeing with Adam so much it annoys him. So you need to go fuck yourself for so many reasons, but I, the most being, it does not annoy him in the least. And also, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, go, go fuck yourself. Powerful. <laughs> that was tight. Thank you. <laughs> My heart wasn't in that one, though, because that there's certain comments that are so um, just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and over the top. Like, yeah. That like it didn't. Didn't, you know, but still go fuck yourself. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to take that one and ju- so that one was like, I'm hot but awful. And then there was another one that said, I don't see why everyone says Allison's hot, she's so ugly. And I wanted to just take both of them and just, you know, Instagram that and say, I don't know which one it is. But then I thought, oh, but I don't want to spend the time to do this. Don't engage, and, yeah, exactly. It's never a good in- idea to engage, yeah, the naysayers. That's no. right. But did you want to say fuck yourself to anyone <laughs> on fuck that yourself. note? Uh, I don't think I have one. I, I wish I was a good guest in that. I don't think I have anybody that I want to say go fuck yourself to. Maybe we have a problematic dog who I'm not oh, getting along with. All right. What kind of dog? He's, been, uh, he's a rescue dog. He's a little mini pincher. His name is Sarah because the boys thought he was a girl when we found him. But it's really a boy. Mm-hmm. And we have three. We have three. Did they dogs. just not know dog anatomy well, or was there a lot of fur happening? They weren't looking. They okay. just, he look, he's cute like a girl, uh-huh. but he's a boy. Gotcha. So, uh, but he's he's being slow with uh, some behavior issues. He's been a little nippy when people mm. come over, and uh, we, we're crate training him, so we're being patient with him. But the other two dogs, we have three dogs, three kids, three dogs. So there's a lot wow. going on. Yeah. And the other two dogs, totally pro, totally great, don't run away, lovely. Pro. Yeah, they're they're doing their job. Dogs, yeah, they're yeah. doing what they're supposed to do, you know. And uh, this dog is sweet and lovely, but slow on the uptake, you know. What age do they go pro? Because I have a six-month-old dog that is uh, oh, very puppyish. You got to wait a year. Okay. I think you got to wait a year. I think dogs take puppies are crazy rambunctious. Like, yes. they have so much energy. Oh boy. So I know. this dog is, I think, over a year. But a slight go fuck yourself to Sarah. So hey, Sarah. Hey. Hey. This is the first time we've told a dog to go fuck itself. Little bit. Feels good. We get along good. Yeah. And honestly, it's a gentle one. He doesn't listen to the show. Like he's not going to hear it. It's more venting. All right. You could suggest it. Suggest that he listen. Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Do I have to set up an account or just go to AllisonRosen.com? I mean, does he have his own? What does he use a computer? He would have to use a desktop or laptop. I would have to like tune him in. That's fine. Yeah, you don't have to set up an account. Okay, just find it. Just type in your name. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you're if you're in iTunes, you can search my name and it'll pull up the podcast. Okay. Or you can go to AllisonRosen.com and it's there as well. it'll be there as See, well. See, that's annoying to me because then I have to do it for him. Like it's another reason that I get annoyed with him. Like here that's I am right. serving up a podcast. You want you want to yeah. listen to it. So why am I? I know going into the internet for you. They they pretend to be helpless. Yeah, left to their own devices. <laughs> yeah. They could listen themselves. They know the game. They're running the yeah. show a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. I love you. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? 
show Allison Rosen is your new best friend That's right, that's right Those good times don't seem to end That's right, that's right Allison Rosen is your new best friend over go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash allison and sign up for yourself it also makes a great father's day gift you get high quality razors sent to your door every month for a fraction of what you'd pay at retail i love these guys and you will too so go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash allison or just go to allisonrosen.com and click on the dollar shave club banner this is corolla digital 